Hello, everyone. Welcome to Teaching Matters, a podcast produced by WOUB Public Media in Athens, Ohio. I'm your host, Scott Titsworth, Dean of the Scripps College of Communication at Ohio University. Normally, we do this podcast out of the WOUB studios. Right now, we're in uh, Studio South, which is my kitchen. Uh, And I only say that because it's very likely that my dogs will join us at some point as they run by me barking as we go through um, this discussion. So every 10 years, the U.S. Constitution mandates that the federal government conduct a census. The census itself affects several issues ranging from representation in Congress to also resources provided to schools. What listeners of this podcast may not be aware of is the fact that the Census Bureau, through the Statistics in Schools program, is also a valuable resource for remote and eventually, hopefully, in-person learning. My guests today are Victoria Glazier, manager of the U.S. Census Bureau's Statistics in Schools program, and also Lim Wheelis, a U.S. government history teacher at Diamond High School in Anchorage, Alaska, who has been actively involved as a content creator for the Statistics in Schools initiative. Victoria and Lim, uh, welcome to both of you to Teaching Matters. Thank you. Glad to be here. And, yeah, thank you. And I and I think that this is the uh, the distance record for this podcast of having people in three different locations this far apart. So so you guys get the record for that. So we want to talk about the statistics in schools program because it's uh, as I looked through it and and for the listeners we have a link to the website for statistics in schools that will be accompanying the text of this podcast. There are so many valuable resources for teachers uh, to use in a variety of different ways in their classroom. So we want to talk about that today. Victoria, to start with, though, before we get into the statistics in schools program specifically, maybe you could talk a little bit from the Census Bureau's perspective about how and why the census is so important for schools. I mean, I mentioned that it affects representation in Congress, but there's a lot of ways that the census affects citizens that people just may not be aware of. Can you comment sort of in general terms about that? Sure. So a lot of people are not aware that billions of dollars get allocated to communities based on having that complete count in the census. We uh, worked with teachers to develop a lot of our materials, and they were not aware how it affects things in their everyday life. So everything from where schools go to hospitals to roads to things closer to education, like after school programs and lunch programs, and, and it really affects pretty much everything in our life. So that's why we're really, really trying to get the message out that it's important to be counted so that your community gets its share of funds. I noticed when going through the website that there are some toolkits um, that you know, were, were available for students to, you know, essentially be able to get the word out about the census if, if you know, that was a class project. Um, is that something that's an objective of yours to, you know, sort of have a broad-based campaign of people raising awareness about why the census is important? Is that specifically related to the statistics in schools program, or is it a more broad-based effort by the Census Bureau? So we have, in statistics and schools, we kind of have two goals, and, and we have an ongoing program, and we really want kids to know, like, the data in their community and learn more about their country and, and become more statistically literate because jobs are requiring these kind of skills. But we have a whole other campaign trying to educate students and their families about the importance of the actual 2020 census. So we, we mailed maps and information to every school and we created a lot of of resources just hoping that kids will find it cool they'll learn something they'll want to take that message home and share it with their families 
So you know, people could be seeing commercials and maybe hearing about it in church, and this is just another way we're hoping get the message out. And, and just before we leave uh, some of these general topics behind, uh, we're recording this podcast uh, in essentially early uh, to mid-March, um, um, April, sorry. Um, and at this point in time, we've already passed Census Day, uh, which was um, on the 1st of April. But am I correct in saying that the ability of people to go in and record their information for the census uh, is an ongoing process that will, you know, continue through the summer at least. Is that is that correct? So absolutely. You know, we're working with federal and local health officials to determine the best way to complete operations moving forward, but it's online and that's the easiest way to just get it done. Go online. This is the first time that you can take the census online. So we're hoping people, whether it's through their phone or sitting at home with their laptops, that they'll take advantage of that so we can get the most complete count. Um, and, and while field operations are being figured out and, and um, <clears throat> census progresses, the easiest way to not have somebody come visit you in the future or <laughs> is to just answer online. Very good. I Interestingly, I was in a meeting of other deans uh, here at Ohio University just earlier today, um, and one of the topics that one of the um, deans talked about was a campaign to get increased awareness about the census in Southeast Ohio because of the importance of that. It was an interesting serendipitous conversation given that I was uh, recording this podcast with you, uh, the two of you, um, just a, a few minutes later. So we're doing our part in Southeast Ohio to help you out on that. <laughs> Thank you. So Lem, I, I want to turn to you. So you are a teacher um, in Anchorage, and you've been actively involved in the statistics in schools program. So from your perspective as a teacher, but also a content creator for that program, what are the educational objectives that is uh, attempted to be accomplished through the content that is created in that program? I mean, what, what are we trying to do? What age groups is it targeting? Um, and, and what do you hope to accomplish out of it? Well, it's really a broad set of objectives. Uh, the materials that have been developed by teachers like me um, are age-appropriate from pre-K all the way up through seniors in high school. They're um, grade band lessons available, ready to go, that teachers could you know, download off the website first thing in the morning and use in their class that day if they you know, were in a pinch and needed something to, to throw in. But also, they could be adapted to be used you know, over multiple days or injected throughout um, the curriculum. And certainly, they uh, address statistics and they provide a lot of access to a lot of data through the census. Um, but they also look at all kinds of other topics. You know, I'm a, a social studies teacher. I teach U.S. government, economics, U.S. history. And uh, the lessons are, are great for my students because we can talk about apportionment. We can talk about the Electoral College and how it's impacted by census figures. Um, in economics, we get to talk about the $675 billion in federal funding that are divvied up amongst the states based on the, the census count. Um, we can also look at, you know, data on... Um, income levels in different parts of even our own community or education levels or you know, any number of different statistical measures that can impact you know, a broad range of, of topics. And what, what was an example of, you know, one of the lesson areas that you worked on, Lim, um, to sort of give some detail to what these lessons might look like for listeners? So one of the lessons that I 
helped develop, but then also I've used in my classroom and found to be uh, a really good exercise for my um, seniors studying government uh, is a lesson about reapportionment. And it actually takes the students through the process that's used after the census to determine how many seats are given to each state in the House of Representatives. And then also to the, the states use the same process to divide up their legislative districts. Um, you know, Alaska is a really large state geographically, but our population density varies from you know the the legislative district I live in, which you can drive across in five minutes, and urban Anchorage, to a legislative district across the northern part of Alaska that spans the whole width of our state. And so, you know, each of those districts have the same number of people, so it's important we get a good count. And it was really interesting for the students to see how populations shift over the course of 10 years and why it's important that we recheck those numbers every so often with the census to make sure that people are represented evenly and you know that one representative represents the same number of people, whether they're in Anchorage, Alaska or you know, Nome, Alaska or wherever, you know, different parts of different states. And when I was uh, looking through uh, the various lessons, of course, it's organized by, uh, you know, grade level. Um, but I also noticed that, you know, the, the examples that you just provided, Lem, uh, talking about, uh, you know, U.S. government, um, obviously statistics are analyzed in it. But I, I, I even saw some lessons that would be appropriate for English classes. Can uh, either of you comment on how uh, the lesson plans get integrated into non-STEM fields like English, or, or perhaps even in my case, it could be um, just as easily communication courses. So my, my piece of that is, yeah, like my mission, not being a statistical person at a statistical agency, is to show kids that this stuff goes in, in everyday life and can be cool and fun. One of our one of our most popular data tools is called State Facts for Students. We've pulled out data like how many amusement parks, how many chocolate stores, how many dentist offices, how many other 11-year-old boys are in your state. So you take that and just compare it kind of to, to see where you compare to um, other states in the country. We have an English activity that is one of my favorite just because it shows an infographic of names over the past 30 years in every census. And, and just even looking at that infographic, you can kind of see changes in our um, in our country. So just look at that infographic. We have students do a quick write activity. So it's kind of, I sometimes say it's like vegetables. Like we're getting the numbers in without really making it seem like they're in high school statistics class or anything. I'd also add, you know, there's opportunities to take this information and um, you know, engage in in publicity, like you're you know, like you were saying earlier, Scott. That you know, using this outreach to help people know about the census, and students can be a part of that. One of the things I really love about all of the lessons is at the end of every single lesson, there's a home extension activity where the teacher says, you know, go home and talk with you know adults in your life about this. You know, share this piece of information or share this or that about what you learned today. Um, because part of the, the goal as well is to educate people about the census and hey, this is going on right now. Um, you know, one of the best takeaways for me um, when I did one of these lessons with my government students earlier in the year was a student who had just turned 18 and who said, you know, my family's very you know, kind of anti-establishment, anti-government, and my dad's not going to do the census. And, you know, he's not going to answer the door when somebody comes. He's not going to go on a line and do it. 
but I'm 18. Can I do this? And I said, well, sure. You could answer the questions for your family. And so his intention was to, to take the census for his family because nobody else would. Um, you know, I, I took the opportunity to do the census with my family. I have um, a couple of daughters who are in sixth and ninth grade. And so, you know, we sat down one evening with the computer and our family of four, we completed the census together. And when it was time for each person to put their origin and birth date and those, that information in there, I gave the computer to my kids and said, okay, fill out your part. And so, you know, it's something that even elementary students can engage with and can take home and say, hey, well, this is important. Here's why it's important. Let's do this as a family. That's a, a great um, explanation of how the lessons are interactive in ways that go beyond the traditional classroom walls. I, I think this raises an interesting question because of the time period that we're in. Have have either of you thought about how these lessons are portable from a traditional in-class use to becoming a remote learning use because of the uh, health emergency that the world is facing right now? And, and, and maybe, Lim, you've already had to do this with your own classes? Well, I, I could speak to it on two levels. Um, I actually, last week, was doing some work for census to add home additional home extensions to some of our, our activities as well as parent directions so that parents are stepping in as teachers and, and doing these things. You know, what adaptations, what accommodations do we need to make to make these lessons work in an at-home environment? Um, I also see the lessons as, as easy to transplant into online curriculum and my district has moved completely online for the rest of the school year um, and the lessons are very easy to be able to put um, in an online environment because so many of them draw on online data sources through the census website you know in a lot of these lessons in the classroom I'd be getting a card of Chromebooks and handing out computers to my kids and saying okay go online go to this website do this stuff um, now everybody's online at home all right go to this website do this stuff you know it's it's portable. It's easy. They were already, most of them built really well that it was easy to, to say, take these and do these from home. We have been thinking a lot about our resources and, and we know that, you know, parents and children are home and, and we want them to take advantage of the opportunity just to learn about their country and, and their community. We have put together a webpage. So if you go to our website, you'll see a banner saying for at-home learning and everything from, we produce a monthly fun fact our next one will be Earth Day and then Mother's Day where we just really try to pull the kid-friendly facts. So just take a minute, you know, look at something, learn about moms, and then there's activities that parents can do with their children. And one of the things that I noticed when I was looking through, um, you know, several of the lessons and thinking about it from the perspective of, of a teacher, um, what I really liked about it is that the lessons themselves are, you know, immediately usable. And so they're they're very detailed in explaining to the teacher um, how they would carry out the activity, you know, prepping before the activity, uh, enacting it, and then how to debrief um, and, and, and bring a conclusion to it afterwards. But what I really liked about it is that it also would give teachers a lot of ideas on how they could adapt activities to things that they, they want to focus on. So from my perspective, one of the areas that I'm really interested in is data visualization. And many of the activities as they're carried out could easily have some sort of data visualization, whether it's mapping or uh, simple um, construction and interpretation of graphs. 
integrated into them in really meaningful ways. And so that's one of the things that I would stress um, to the listeners is that these activities are ready to go and, and have been described very well by, by uh, Victoria and Lim, but they're also really adaptable to things that you might want to personally focus on. And I'm sure that the two of you have heard examples of people um, doing just those sorts of things as they use these activities, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, I, I have heard examples. Okay. <laughs> our, our delay, sorry. Just let me say really, really quick. I have heard examples of, of even just pulling out, like like Mother's Day I use, like relevant uh, topics. We have data visualizations, and, and there's activities supported, but you could also just look at the visual, visualization and, and see what's collected about the country and have a conversation about why this is important. We also, I just wanted to mention, because we have really cool videos that are, are adapted for each grade level, so elementary, middle, and high. And I had a teacher last week say that she sent the middle school video link to all of her students and had them write a, a paragraph about what they learned and why it was important. Uh, Lim, anything to add to that? Um, one thing that stood out to me is as I was looking at, you know, what else we could do for home extensions right now, um, there's some great information for our you know, high school seniors and seniors who are, you know, looking at their future and to be able to look at careers that are available, what sort of education is needed, what sort of, um, you know, salary they might expect in a various, various fields. Um, you know, information like that that the census, you know, has in their, their data bank, um, which I think one of the activities even has students make like an infographic about, you know, possible career fields that they're interested mm -hmm. in. So you know, using the, the census data. Yeah, very good. So, um, Victoria, um, when I was um, looking at the contributors, it's, it's actually a really long list. I mean, we have Lim here on the phone with us, but it's actually a really long list of people that have contributed to it. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, the scope of content creators that you've been able to amass um, to create some of this, uh, some of these lessons? Sure. So the program, uh, the school program has only ever come around every 10 years. And we decided after the um, 2010 census that this was really held in high regard with teachers and they would be contacting us throughout the decade. So we wanted to be an ongoing, consistent, reliable source so that hopefully, you know, kids get in the classroom every year and then it makes our jobs a little easier every 10 years when we're trying to educate everybody. So starting after 2010, we, uh, we did some testing and, and definitely found that working with teachers is, is the way to go in terms of credibility and, and providing what teachers want, you know, not just something from the census bureau. So starting in 2011, we developed what I call our evergreen ongoing activities. And we had about you know, 20, 30 teachers that, that we recruited across the country. And then we added a whole nother batch for 2020, including LEM, and we have teachers in Puerto Rico and our island areas that are all really passionate about taking the data and working with our subject matter experts to, to provide teachers something that they find valuable. LEM, can you tell the story of how you got involved in this? <laughs> sure. Um, so about oh, 16 months ago now, I guess, it was Christmas break. And uh, a friend who I had graduated from high school with sent me this message out of the blue and said, hey, um, the Census Bureau is looking for teachers to work on this project. I thought of you. Here's the information. Turns out he's working for a, a communications agency that's helping with 
census promotion in his part of the country. Um, and so I, you know, read into it and applied and ended up getting picked up as a subject matter expert. Um, so over the last you know year plus, I've reviewed lessons for census, and then I've spent the last couple of months helping with uh, this aspect of it. I don't know, this is probably the fifth or sixth podcast I've been on, um, helping to, to spread the word about census and statistics in schools. And it's been a really um, enlightening and, and educational process for me and beneficial to my students and students all across the country. Maybe if you could describe the process you went, you, you would go through and like, how did you create the lessons? Like, you know, start to finish, what was your process like in terms of working with the Census Bureau in creating the lessons and, and you know, working with Victoria and her team and getting the lessons up and available? What does that process look like, you know, from a content creator's perspective? Sure. Well, my role is as a subject matter expert. And so, um, other teachers were drafting the actual lesson plan um, before they got to me, but the process before they got to those folks even was that um, topic ideas were developed, they were vetted through census, and then um, the teachers who were writing the lesson plans would develop the lesson plans, they get reviewed at the census level, and then sent over to me as a subject matter expert, um, you know, the high school, you know, social studies kind of specialty for me. And I would review the lessons to make sure that they you know, were have a reasonable length, that they had appropriate content for you know, high school level students, um, that the activities you know were doable. That you know I could visualize being able to work through that lesson with my students. That things made sense. That the directions were clear. That all the resources needed were there, and that you know we were meeting the objectives of you know accessing statistical information through census and promoting. The, you know, the notion of the census and educating students the way we wanted to. So I would give feedback on those. Sometimes we'd go you know, back and forth a little bit with um, census before we kind of got things finalized. And then that kind of final draft would be um, published and developed um, through a communications firm that would kind of make sure everything was um, you know, fancy and pretty and just the way we wanted it for website publication. And then they got um, published there. Um, and then, you know, after that, the last several months, uh, many of us have worked as ambassadors for the Statistics in Schools program and, you know, really trying to help share the word about the, the program and the availability of these lessons. Um, you know, podcast tour is part of that, but uh, social media has been a big part of that as well. And, you know, we've been promoting, um, you know, in all of our circles with our teacher friends, hey, here's resources. You know, when I was at parent-teacher conferences for my own kids, I even said some of their teachers, hey, have you heard about statistics in schools? Here's how you could use this with the class. And, and some of them have gotten excited and actually done some of those lessons too. So um, I feel like every 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 opportunity I get, I'm you know, telling people, hey, check this out. Very good. And and Victoria, from from you mentioned already that this is an evergreen initiative, meaning that you know, there's a focus on the census taking place this year, but the lesson and the content um, that you all are creating um, around census data is intended to be available for teachers in any year uh, and, and going forward. So have you, I know that your role is to create the uh, opportunities for teachers to use those. Has there been any analysis of um, how this is working in the classrooms? Like, have you all collected any type of programmatic assessment data or um, gotten feedback from teachers on how this is helping them meet um, their, uh, core, their their students' learning objectives or anything like that that you can comment on? 
For sure. I wanted just to piggyback a little on what Lynn was just saying is that we work with the teachers, but our subject matter experts. So we have like a top person, you know, over uh, racial statistics or education statistics, and they're just so excited to be able to work with the teachers to, to put this in the classroom because it's just another way of getting that great information out there. But most of my feedback is through, we have a, an email box, and we have this one activity called uh, Finding Scavenger Hunt, Finding the Geographer. It's a geography activity where kids have to go through a map and look at fun facts, like which state has the most ice cream shops, and they do kind of a scavenger to figure out where Gina is located. And the number of teachers that write us, so like what is this activity being updated every year, uh, we use it in our classroom. We we have a great relationship with um, social studies teachers, because I, I call them our, we feel like rock stars when we talk to our social studies teachers, because they very much get it. We've been told many times that you know, this is what they want, but we put it in a package for them that, that just makes it so much easier instead of, you know, trying to sit through and find the data themselves. So we, we pretty much go from feedback when we meet teachers and, you know, seeing the downloads on our website mm-hmm. to, to see what's popular and what's working. Now, um, let me turn to you uh, how to access this. So as I mentioned, we, we will provide a link to the Statistics in Schools website um, with the text accompanying the podcast. Uh, d- do either of you have suggestions if, if a teacher is listening to the podcast or a parent for that matter and wants to access the materials um, to be able to use with their their students? Is there a is there a path that you suggest going through? I mean, you know, I've been on the website and I know that if I was a teacher, I would immediately click on. Um, you know the the um, the lesson plans that are targeted towards the age group that I'm teaching. Um, Victoria, you mentioned that there there are some very great videos, um, and Lim, you did too, um, that are on the website. But I guess what I'm looking for is, do you have recommendations on how to sort of enter into this if a teacher is looking for how to integrate this content into their lesson plans? So I'll let I'll let Lim answer that because we are well, we do have a page that kind of gives some some easy hits. So, you know, here's a link to the videos or here, you know, every day we update who's responding to the census. So that's kind of a cool activity, like go through and, and have your students see how their state is doing. But we're also working on uh, on a very cool toolkit, which I think Lem is involved with. So I don't know if he can expand on that. You know, I think it, it, it really depends on who's going on and what they're looking for, because like you said, you know, it's... it's um, very much, you know, age and grade dependent and subject dependent. So if it's a teacher, I would say go on there and click through to your particular area. If it's parents looking for information, um, the parent toolkit is, is in development. Um, like I said, I was working on that just last week. And so I think that's going to be coming out very soon. I'm planning to get that uploaded and ready to go quickly um, for parents who are at home with their kids all the time right now and, and looking for good activities. Um, but it's, you know, it's customized as well to grade age, you know, bands. So find the right age and, and go from there. Um, the videos are great. The, the fun facts pages are great as well. Um, you know, they have, you know, kind of a quick snapshot of statistical information for, um, they're kind of all themed around holidays, month to month. Um, but great, you know, kind of information. The Earth Day one is the next one coming up here at the end of April. And that one has information about, you know, different environmental factors and, um, you know, 
the resources that we have in the United States and things like that. That's, that's pretty interesting and, and accessible to all age ranges. I think this might be a good time. I want to uh, play um, a uh, little bit of a song um, that the was created for the census. You count if you're tall. Because everyone counts in the U.S. of A. Everyone counts in their own special way. The census counts everywhere. Count all who live with you. Sisters, uncles, grandmas, and your newborn babies too. Because everyone counts in the U.S. of A. Everyone counts in their own special way. We count all your neighbors and we count So, Victoria and Lim, I'm sure that when you hear this song, you immediately start dancing in your kitchens, right? Yeah, it's an earworm, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, the reason I played that is is to go back to this issue of, you know, the multimedia content that is on the site. Uh, it struck me when I was going through and, and watching uh, several of the videos that it's really well done. And um, I guess I would stress that um, in and of itself, that's a great place for a lot of people to start because uh, the the song is catchy and it's fun to listen to. But the videos themselves also goes into discussing, you know, various ways in which data impacts us, and and that's something that uh, I think is you know immediately obvious to us in the time that we're in right now because everyone's looking at you know graphs on the television of of various things um, uh, because of the situation that we're in. But data impacts us in a lot of different ways, and many of the videos really do a superb job of, of discussing that topic and how it can be age appropriate um, for students at different grade levels. And so uh, I think that I, I just wanted to pass along that, you know, for somebody that does a lot of teaching in the area of multimedia creation, I really think that you all have done a really outstanding job of creating content that will be um, accessible for people from different backgrounds, different ages. Um, they'll learn something from it, but it's also done in a way that um, I think is engaging. So congratulations on that. Great. Thank you very much. No, agreed, too. You know, I have two kids at home, and a lot of government stuff, you know, I shouldn't say this, but can be dry <laughs> and it's hard to make it fun, but I feel it definitely is fun for the, the, the younger people. Yeah. So, um, I guess, I guess to end, um, l let's go back to that question about, um, you know, what you two who are obviously, uh, deeply committed to this program, um, hope will happen out of it. I mean, I think that, you know, in a broad sense, this teaches people about the census. In a more specific sense, it teaches um, students at various levels how to interpret information uh, that is based upon numbers. And and I'm saying this from a, from a perspective of a communication person that um, really struggled in courses like college algebra. And, and but now I teach statistics, and I always say that you know the power of of statistics is not the numbers themselves but the stories behind those numbers and can you can both of you sort of talk from your backgrounds why helping students understand how to interpret data and derive meaning from those data is so important now i mean it's always been important but i think that um you know going forward it probably has even increased importance because of the amount of data that will be um, generated consumed and used for various effects in our culture and our society so can both of you sort of comment to that big picture question about why this is so important uh lim why don't we start with you and then we'll go to victoria sure one of the things i'm always uh, looking to address with my students is how to interpret what's going on in the world around them and obviously right now in the pandemic situation that we're in, 
there's a ton of information coming out. There's a ton of data coming at us. And being able to understand that, being able to make sense of all of that, being able to make informed decisions about how you should act, you know, in response to the pandemic or orders to self-quarantine or all these sorts of things, I think completely depends on your ability to interpret the information that you're getting. And so the Statistics in Schools program gives students the opportunity to interpret real-life data. It's not a table of numbers that are just pulled out of thin air in a math book. It's real numbers representing real people that have been collected through this census process. And that's one of the things that I love about this program is it is very real information. Um, you know, I like my, that my students are out there on this government website. It's, it's not dry. It's, it's real life numbers. It's, it's accessible and they can go on there and they can see this information and they can make sense of it and they can make decisions about their life based on it. You know, looking at population density in communities, I think is really important right now as we're you know, trying to stop the spread of a disease that can be something to consider and how that impacts those decisions that are being made. Or, you know, as our seniors are looking at what they're going to do next and considering different parts of the country that they might move to to go to school, they might be looking at, you know, some of these statistical measures of, you know, opportunities there or income levels there or um, different things like that. And so it's really great for students to be able to access information and make sense of information and learn to understand it and interpret it and find the information they need when they want to find it. Now they know where it's at. They know that it's out there. My son, I use him often. He, he is a, a young adult and he hates, hates, hates math, hated everything to do with it, but he'd be the first one to come to me every weekend and like just want to talk in depth about uh, football statistics and, and who was doing what. And I was like, that is what you were doing. Like my mission in life is that this stuff is actually cool. If, if you're not a data nerd or, you know, it, it is very cool. I will also go to, we have an activity on how young adults have changed. So looking at what these kids are doing today versus what they did 40 years ago in terms of getting married and educated. And, and I always show him like, look, Look, if you have a higher degree, like, you know, let's look at the salary. Just so many things are interesting about what's happening in our country. And, and you can just learn so much to, that affects your life. And, and it's very cool, in my opinion. Absolutely. There's great stories behind numbers if we just have people look for them and try to tell them. Hey, um, listen, Victoria and Lem, I really appreciate uh, your time and joining me today. And uh, the program um, that you all have you know, built and put together is is outstanding, and I hope that a lot of teachers and parents and students uh, take time to visit the website and uh, learn what's on there and have fun with it, because I think at the end of the day, it's a very great way for students to have fun with data that, as both of you said, has real-world impact. So again, thank you for your time today. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Victoria is manager of the U.S. Census Bureau Statistics and Schools Program, and Lim is a U.S. government history teacher at Diamond High School in Anchorage, Alaska. Thank you for listening to Teaching Matters. This program, again, is produced by WOUB Public Media, an NPR affiliate in Athens, Ohio. 
You can always listen at woub.org slash listen. And we're also available through most popular podcasting apps, including Google Play, iTunes, and of course, NPR One. You can contact staff of the podcast with ideas, questions, or comments through our Facebook page. Simply search for Teaching Matters Podcast and Facebook and messages if you would like to get in contact. Our audio engineer who is working remotely today is Adam Rich. He's also an associate producer. I'm Scott Titsworth. Thank you for listening and have a great day.